On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, baseball is back and Vooch is a Chicago Bull. We're bringing the excitement to you on episode 49 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk, in my opinion, and yours hopefully too. I'm Joey Gelman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman, the man on the other side of the Skype, and co-host is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is on Twitter as well, at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Well... It's been a busy time off since our last show. I think we recorded on, you know, whatever it was, Wednesday or Thursday, and then uh, immediately had all the Bulls news break after <laughs> we recorded and posted our show. So was it, the day, was it the day we posted it? Was it like the same day? We recorded the night before. We posted it on the deadline day, and then all the trades happened. So... Perfect timing for our, our, our show back with all of you guys. So we'll do a little Bulls talk towards the end of the show, too, to cover our bases and, and the big Vooch mania that's now taken over Chicago. We first had Dalton mania, then we had Vooch mania. Oh, yeah, we had it was it was Vooch, it was Dalton mania, Vooch mania, Alloy sadness. Like, everything was just the chaotic at the end of yes. the week. But we yes. are here because we made a promise to be positive. And that is our goal because it is opening day. It's a beautiful holiday. It, it, it just felt like normal spring to me today. I know it's freezing outside, but just the fact that you had baseball starting in the Cubs, obviously, today and the White Sox tonight. But you could see the city like a little alive again. Like the fans are back in the stadium, the area is kind of buzzing, and it'll be that way for the Sox, too. And it's just like, all right, like we're getting there slowly but surely. We're getting back, and baseball is kind of our first ticket into that. And it was a great feeling. Now the Cubs sucked, but there we go. I was but, waiting for it. But <laughs> I oh, was I ever so But I am still a little kid for like opening day jitters and excitement of like it's just such a nice, hopeful day. And that lasts for a happy. couple hours yeah. after first pitch. It's funny because you mentioned that. This was supposed to be a positive show. No matter what, we're going to force it a positive direction. And you, you had me there for a second there, Joey. And then actually I was going to throw it right back to you and say, you know what? Funny enough, it also didn't take too long for there to be a bunch of pissed off Cub fans. I, I don't even think we, we were finished with of the full nine innings before you go on Twitter. And Cubs, Cubs Twitter was just all over the place with their emotions. And I'm for it. I mean, hey. Like you said, there's that's what opening day is, right? Opening day is you have those you have that excitement, you have those jitters, you go out, you play ball, you hope for the best. If your team sucks, then you'll be kind of pissed. <laughs> then then the uh, then the excitement's kind of over. You're glad baseball's back, but at the end of the day, you're still going to be upset. I was actually going to to say though, because it's been it was such a weird season last year, right? With everything going on, and you're just happy this season is well. One starting on time, even though there was a couple games already canceled because of you know nonsense, but it's the world. And does this? It's it feels as normal as probably can be. You know, luckily we're we're in the spot where we're at where this is probably as normal as you're going to get for where we're at. So because of that, because of the circumstances, 
did the Cubs loss, the the two hitter loss, even though they put up three runs, does it sting a little less? Maybe, maybe not. I guess I'll know tonight after well, we're going to date the show here. I guess I'll know tonight after I see the conclusion of the White Sox game. And yeah. I can speak for myself, but no, I don't think it hurt. I, I, I'm not upset about the loss. I mean, that's not really what my goal was. And like talking about opening day, it's like, yeah, did they not play great? Sure. Do they have problems? You knew they were going to have, and they were on full display today. Yes, but it's 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 the start of the season. It's still hope is eternal, and. I'm, I'm going to be the hunky dory and happy one today because it's still it's baseball Hope season. Hope is eternal. Wow, you know, that. Isn't, isn't that the saying right, or am I getting it wrong? No, the saying is believe in Chicago sports. Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> <the saying> is. <laughs> always remain to believe. Yeah, always believe in Chicago sports. That that's the saying. Um, oh, no, yeah, it, it, eternal hope if, if that's what you want to have. I don't as, know as a Cub fan. I mean, it's just I, I, it, I, I'm not going to break down 162 games every day, but um, right. But but no, I mean, I, I, Cubs Twitter I, will. Yes, they will. They were angry today. But it just, you know what, it, it it's on top of everything else, right? It's like, it's opening day, it's awesome. But then, you know, the Cubs offense struggles. They're playing a triple-A team in the Pirates at home. And all the pieces you... Triple-A team, look at They're this. pretty bad. But all but all, but all the pieces you, you gave away are now, like, you're seeing the holes you have. It's been a brutal offseason in what they've been. And, and, and on top of that, like, everyone is angry at the rickets about everything and the marquee had their issues today uh, like going down for people and it's like everything like like could go wrong did go wrong so everything before the game was great it's opening day let's be excited and then the game <laughs> begins and it's like well i guess here we are sorry that's not 20- good analysis but that's what the hell it was 2016 only five years ago but so far away already i'm telling you hey the, the, those first five then ten years after a world series as a as a fan of this city, I can tell you firsthand that eh, it kind of creeps up on you that way. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to go another five years, you know, another handful of years without a championship ring. I'm just saying prepare yourself for the worst there. Um, out of all of it, if I just sit back as a fan of baseball, and obviously I've watched the Cubs my whole life, not as a fan, but I mean, hey, the, well, they're not on you know my TV screen anymore necessarily with marquee network uh, restrictions and things like that. Um but if I were looking at it from a Cub fan's perspective, I would think that the most aggravating thing about it all was just the two hits. I mean, like I said, you still the Cubs still managed to get three runs, and there was I forgot what inning it was. It was like either the sixth or seventh inning, somewhere along the line, when the heart of the order just strikes out one, two, like just strike out the side, heart of the order there on opening day. That's unnecessarily good to see. So. Offensive struggles, yeah, they're, they're really going to aggravate a fan base, especially when, as, as you've already noted, Joey, that there were a lot of holes going in, and now when they're – I mean, it's it's day one, right? I mean, a lot of things can happen, and you, you can't dive too much into this. Um, not only is it one game, it's the first game of the season, cold, it's been a while, right? Um, but I think that's the part that would um, – not alarm. You know, it's not going to alarm you as a fan. Not yet. I mean, you, you'd have to go 40, 50-plus games into the year before you start hitting you know, any kind of panic buttons like that. But I would definitely say if there's one if there's one thing, if you wanted to just sit down and be one of the angry fans on Cubs Twitter and get a little nitpicky about something, sure, while there's a lot of things you can get nitpicky about, it would probably be the lack of hits and the lack of offensive production in, in that category. Well, yeah, and I think people just wanted them. I mean, yes, they always want them to win, but it's been such a crazy year. Baseball, like you said, is kind of as normal as you're going to get right now versus what it was last year. 
So people are completely scrutinizing it because they ruined it. <laughs> they ruined everyone's day by by losing. But um, no, I th- I think the scrutinizing thing on the offense is 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 valid and concerning in a way because this is what this team's been the last few years. It's it it has all these names on paper, and it's not producing the numbers. This lineup's not producing the numbers it's supposed to and is paid to do. And listen, I'm a Chris Bryant fan. You know that because I don't stop talking about it on the show. But, you know, year after year after year, if you keep having these same production dips for everyone on this roster, the glory of those names from five years ago maybe don't hold the same weight. And and, I, and you understand why they're making these analyses of we're really ready to move on from this or, or, or what they're talking about with Rizzo. Like, I know they still don't get a contract done, but the fact that they weren't urgent on it, like, tells you something because they know where this team's shifting. And so... Yeah, because they could beat in this division again, of course. But there, there, there's a reality here that the, 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 the I'm not going to say the future is bleak. It's not. But, but there's going to be a lot of changes moving forward. And we're going to have to wait and see what, what, what those become. But for right now, you know, you got to see how this team plays. And yeah, future not bleak at all. You're gonna you're gonna get Anthony Rizzo gonna ink him to a five year deal eventually. Yeah, and for all's, seventy all's million, it's pocket change to those guys. <laughs> Crazy. All's go. All's going to be saved in Chicago. Who knows? That's probably like, you know, agent or something like that close to him, maybe throwing that out there. Who knows? We, we don't know. But that's obviously all just speculation. But for all you know, that's just somebody throwing those numbers out there to try to get a little leverage. Yeah. You know, but in it, was his ve- court. it was very weird not seeing Len Casper today. I'm going to just say that out front. And you get him tonight. I know that. But it's just every all the pantry and everything and the photos and the pregame and the game. I'm like, it's just weird. Like, it's the first time in, what is it, 15 years or whatever it's been? Like, it's a strange sound. I remember t- I remember yeah. talking about it on the show is when we, when we like, took a look back at how many years it's been. I was like, holy cow. Like, pun intended, holy cow, right? Going back to the Harry Carey days. Um, it, it just shocks you that it was that long. He was in the Cubs booth. And, yeah, absolutely crazy. And that's why I, I, I'm actually curious. As, as a Cubs fan, you know, you know, viewing what you did today, play-by-play perspective, I mean, you just said it yourself. It was definitely different, but just threw you off a little bit like you said because from from a Sox fan perspective I mean I grew up my you know entire young life up until when Jason Benetti completely took the reins it was always you know Ken the Hawk Harrelson and they had an interesting transition it wasn't like you know one year Hawks just full-time the next year he's totally out so you know there was that transitional period and then you know even like the the farewell ceremony to Hawk when you know it was kind of a smooth transition and you were prepared for it if you will right as, as a Sox fan and it wasn't necessarily like you just woke up one opening day and it was a completely different voice than Jason Minetti who you've never heard before calling a White Sox game um at least like as as a home affiliate you know because you know maybe you could have had like a ESPN game or something which goes the same for the Cubs but um yeah that I, I that, that's probably like a, a little bit of shock to the system but still two thumbs up I guess you would give the play-by-play today yeah, I just got to get used to it. It's just different. I mean, we're lucky yeah. in the city that we have such good broadcasters, and they've been there in their roles for, I mean, years. I mean, you think about it, whether it's Casper and yeah. and, and Hawk and Foley and Joniak, and, I mean, you had Neil Funk or Chuck Swirsky for forever. And so that's like with the Bulls. Like, okay, you're starting to get used to Adam Amin, who's very, very good. It's just different. And so now you you have to do that now with boot, with, with the book. Well, he's not really Booger, like Booger McFarlane, but... They, they they call him Boog, but um, like John Shambay, like he's a lot better nicknames. behind the camera than, than Booger McFarlane. No shots here at Booger McFarlane, but yeah, <laughs> uh, do like Monday Night 
football when you throw it back a couple seasons, he's on there, whatever, oh, like carpet riding around on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, a, a for a for a effort, for maybe I don't know, what, whatever they're doing there. But but no, I'm just gonna say. I mean, I, I think it's gonna take taking used to, but I think it it everyone loves them. I think it's gonna be a good start and a good fit. It's just yeah. different. I mean, it's just you're used to that. It's like it's it's like when Pat Hughes retires, or or like I mean, you know, this is still also the anniversary of Farmer's passing today too, and it's like. Yeah him not being there either it's like you're just used to these constants yeah for your broadcast and it's just it's we're, we're lucky to have that but it'll take some getting used to for the new guys nothing against them though no yeah speaking of the new guys there's definitely one uh in left field for the chicago white Sox tonight andrew vaughn who very very interested if there's there's a couple things i'm definitely going to key in not only this season of course but there's a couple of big things today here, Joey. In order for the White Sox to make me one of the happiest fans out there and win, I want to win the AL Central this year, damn it. I want to go on ahead, I want to jump the Twins, and I want the White Sox to win the division this year. Please, the two arguably biggest things, I think there's there's three. There's three big things that have to happen. One is the man on the bump tonight, Lucas Giolito, has to be that creme to the creme, ace, Hopefully, top five pitcher, Cy Young caliber, you know, AL Cy Young caliber, you know, candidate again. You know, I'll, I'll put it out there. He doesn't have to go out there and win the damn Cy Young this year, but he has to be a, amongst the best in the American League. And he absolutely was last year. It has to kind of repeat that. He has to not only be an ace, but he has to be a dominant one. If Not only if the, if the White Sox are going to, you know, leapfrog the Twins this year, who's obviously, it's going to be that one-two punch at the top, at least you hope so, you know, for entertainment and fan purposes. Um, but the, the White Sox are going to need him. He, he, he proved he can do it. You know, he proved that. He's going to have to do it again on the bump tonight. And, you know, it's 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 day one. So, you know, we'll, it's not like I'm going to overreact to whatever his performance, whether it be good, bad, or in between tonight. But still, this is the first of 30-plus starts that he's going to you know, gonna get. I'd like to see it go well. Andrew Vaughn, out there in the outfield, top prospect for the Chicago White Sox. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, you know the the sad occurrence with Elo Jimenez, who's going to be out, looks like projected five to six months. You might as well go on ahead and chalk it up and say damn near the almost the entire regular season. You know, you're going just about the whole regular season without him. You know, Hopefully, he can come back and get a few games under his belt before a what you would hope is a good postseason run. But if that's the case, and now Andrew Vaughn gets a lot more time <laughs> to potentially shine than he originally would have, you know, perhaps he's up with the big league clubs, a platoon guy, getting some time at first here and there, or DH, you know, how, however it is. They, Tony La Russa would have done that. But now, when Eli Jimenez out, a huge bet. You know, arguably that guy who's going to be maybe even your top offensive production guy out. Now you have somebody like Andrew Vaughn who, you know, you want him to be the future potentially there at first base when Jose Abreu, even though he's MV, MVP last year, when he's eventually done, then we see where he goes. So that brings me to the third thing with Jose Abreu. If, if we rewind this back to last year, I probably would have said Tim Anderson is the one who needs to repeat. But he's damn well proved himself to me. And, and so is Jose Abreu. The only thing is – we're kind of looking for it, and like this kind of was the same last year, even though he goes out and you know he's MVP form last season. But you're you're just like kind of like behind the curtains, waiting for the decline, right? Waiting for Father Time to hit him, and nothing else. Like that's probably going to be 
eventually, just like every great athlete, the, the number one thing that gets him first is eventually that age and wear and tear will start to kick in. Not saying, you know, that that's going to make it to where he's going to have a bad season this year or anything like that. But can he still be that MVP caliber S? Can he still give you that? Will his body let you, you know, will his body let him give that? And hopefully it does, <laughs> right? So if he could still not necessarily be MVP caliber S, but a big threat batting, you know, third or fourth right there in the middle of that lineup to go together with a Lucas Giolito, hopefully a shining rookie in Andrew Vaughn. Heck, let's just go on ahead day one and give him the Rookie of the Year award. There's our very, very early season uh, prop bet or, yeah, bet there. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's definitely what I'm, what I'm keen into with tonight's game. And it's weird. They made me wait all the way till 9.05 Central time to finally get to see a first pitch. But we're coming up on it now. Can't wait. Yeah, it's 9.05. you got to get your TV on. But, well, I already have it on the oh, background. Oh, good, good, good. Multitasking, Joey. Multitasking at its finest. Good. Um, yeah, I, I, I like those ideas. And, and I think, you know, the Andrew Vaughn thing is going to be interesting because, I don't know, I, I feel like you didn't want that much pressure on him, but now he's, you know, projected now to take that, fill that void of Eloy Jimenez, and that's a big-ass void to fill. I mean, you're expecting monster numbers from him this year, so... Listen, I hope I hope he gets better sooner and he can come back and, and help this team down the stretch, but we'll see. But um, I think it's exciting. And the Jose Abreu thing is fascinating to me because I feel like what, like what you just said, and I, and I expect a big year from him. I'm not saying I don't. But I, I think it's interesting what you said about if Father Time will catch up with him. And I feel like, but I feel like that mentality is a new mentality for fans viewing their players. Because think about the rest of the league for years, you know, guys are playing to 36, 37, 38, like, like an Adam Dunn or whatever. And, and you Carol never... Bain's going to 40, right, 41. Right, and, yeah. and you never thought about it. And so it's weird now that, that the it, it's not even almost a talent. It's the market has shifted to not pay these guys anymore. So now we go, oh, well, you're done at 32. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you got a ton of years left, so... I, I expect a lot from him and the fact for how late he came over to the States for his for yeah. his debut. I, I, I think the sky's the, the limit still for him and, and that's why they paid him as such. No, you're right. I mean he, he recently, you know, just four months ago turned thirty four, you know, so you I that's just, you know, if you like you said, if you just throw it back ten years Easily have four years good four productive more years and you can move him to DH if you had to. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's 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 not you know out of this world for you know a major league baseball player, especially one who's either playing first base, you know. Hey, he could be twenty six. Pujol said he wasn't his age the other day, so he could so Abreu could be twenty four years old. <laughs> for for all we know, hey, if, if he wants to hit like a twenty four year old in his prime, by all means, go on ahead and do it. All I think uh, of is the bench warmers thing where the guy comes with the crayon and goes, "I am twelve, and he's like yes. really like thirty eight years old, <laughs> drinking beer on the mound." Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that's. Uh, you know, I'm right there with you with it, but yeah, I mean, it, it's true that that definitely is something. It's the just the perspective you have on a fan now, and I don't want to necessarily say the you know the just the acceptance, the the newfound acceptance you have as a fan now to not cling too much to a player and think they're going to from day one to the end stay with your stay with your franchise. I mean. You even look at 
you know, the past 10 plus years. I mean, what do you have, Derek Jeter? I mean, there's very few players you have who's going to go one all the way to the end. Growing up, I thought that was going to be Frank Thomas for the Chicago White Sox. And then right after they win the World Series, that just wasn't the case. Um, so yeah, I think as a fan, you accept that now. You accept players to constantly be moving parts um, and not get as attached, even though, you know, as we were just talking about KB, Anthony Rizzo, you want the Joey wants those guys around forever. No, he's already attached and they're sticking around. Um, but yeah, just just a lot of moving parts. So we'll be excited to see as we go along here in the baseball season. Got 161 more to go after today, so a lot of time left. But speaking of moving parts, we weren't able to be on the Vooch train, right? So Vooch, 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 Vooch. There you go. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet, actually. I, that, that, I that just thought of it. That was pretty good. I like it. Maybe that's how we should uh, open the show. You should put that at the end of my tease and at the there end of the show. Go. I'll tell, so, I'll tell Stacey King, too. Maybe he'll incorporate it into his broadcast. No. Because he's singing Tice, Tice, Baby. You might as well do Vooch, Vooch as a choo-choo train. Send it on over. Send him an email. Get, get, get him on the horn. Um, but I, and I think I, I might even get some slack from this. I, I might. You know, I might get a, a fair amount of criticism here, but was I the only one not only at the time, but even now here, what is it, like a week plus or something from the trade who wasn't that excited, who wasn't running t- to hop aboard the Vooch train? I, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I, I, I sure, like if we could go back and do it all over again or not, I'd probably say, yes, you know, go ahead and do it again. But I don't think I was excited as a lot of other, you know, Bulls fans and Bulls Nation out there. Is, is that a bad thing? or No, I don't think so, because they still have a lot to prove, this team, and what they're building. But, I don't know, for me, I wasn't necessarily, like, jumping out of my out of my shoes of, of what occurred. Like, oh my god, right. they're getting this two-time All-Star, and here's what it means for the Bulls now. I was more excited based on ridding themselves of the gar packs like stench that they still carry and that's what excited that's, me was Jerry was popping champagne bottles because, seriously oh yes good about like 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 that's what it meant and signified to me was were even my buddy said this to me it's like the bulls are done rebuilding and what that also because of that trade but what that also means is they're done building this with this group they determined a majority of these guys are simply not part of our future and shipped them all off and got very good talent in return for the prospect of what they could become but they now are knowing these guys aren't worth the investment and the rebuild for anymore and so when i read the list here i'm looking at i mean i know not everyone's can watch what i have but like this instagram post with all the players they traded (laughs) thank you starting lineup (laughs) right exactly like that's what cracks me up it's like okay Otto porter which was a, a sally dump deal that never really worked Daniel Gafford, draft pick, gone. Wendell Carter Jr., top draft pick, gone. Chandler Hutchison, promised draft pick by guard packs, gone. And then Luke Cornett, obviously, part of that, too. And so it's like, it just, I I think I wrote it on Twitter, like, it de-guard packs the team. Like, it literally took these guys that they told you for the last three or four years, we want to build with, and said no. And that, that that inspired me as a Bulls fan. What an insult. What an insult. Right, but, but it's so true that this group came, comes in and goes, yeah. we don't want any of your trash, and sends it out. And that's just me, okay. They have a different basketball philosophy and perspective that moved on from these guys or even thought to trade for Tice and Aminu and Vooch 
that the that the old regime would never have have done. And so that's what's the excitement encouraging to me. I will be the first one to tell you I don't know enough X's and O's about what's made Vooch an all-star. Like I'm not watching every Orlando Magic game. But what I can't but what I can be excited about is like I said, what this means moving forward for this team. But somehow Felicio still finds his place on this roster, and that is the biggest robbery in NBA history, that that man is $32 million guaranteed to him and has not seen a lick of playing time in four years. Hey, more power to him, right? More power to the players. And I, I joke, it wasn't the starting lineup, obviously, but you can make a starting lineup out of what you, uh, you know, maybe it wouldn't be necessarily be the starters. It'd probably be a whole bench squad going in. But yeah, I mean, a lot of moving parts and. You know, for for any fan who's going to be optimistic for that, for those reasons, I'm all for it. The only thing really that was questionable about the entire thing was that all, you know, part of the package includes two first round draft picks. So that's the only thing potentially you could scratch your head about him at the end of the day. And like you said, no, you know, before he comes over, you're not watching all the all the Vooch tape. Absolutely not. At least we're not. But yeah, I'd reckon to say just just from what what you know about him, what you've seen about him. Definitely worth at least one first-round overall pick. So, I mean, so if that was at the end of the day, you know, the, the final piece of the puzzle to throw in two, you know, two first-rounders, and then, like you said, everything else just throughout the day, not only with that deal, but then moving all other parts around. It sounds terrible, but yeah, just cleaning it out. Like, no, we, we don't want this, this. And even if it's not necessarily to them, like, trash, so to speak, or just – you know, lack of talent. Maybe they do see some talent in these players, but at the end of the day, it's one or the other. It's either something they're just like, eh, about, or it's just not their vision. It's not their style of basketball. Right, exactly. I'd love to know what Pax was thinking that day. Like, what is John Pax? He's still in the building. Like, I know he's not doing what he was doing, but he's still there. Advisors, the advisors, advisors. Right, it's like, oh, here are all your players. Goodbye. Yeah. I think at that point, maybe you, I don't know. Maybe as the guy who you know helped bring them all in, you f- maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good feeling. Maybe like yeah, you know what? Fine. Like I'm no longer in that role. That's like part of my legacy. It's completely out. So if, you know, I mean, there's still obviously you know pieces of the puzzle that he brought in that's on the club, but still, it's a lot of your history, a lot of your legacy, if you will, that you left behind is now seeing its way out the door. So and by the way, Joey, um, Jose Abreu already with the hit tonight. So when the, right. when, the uh, when all the way listeners listening to the show, they're like, oh, yeah, Dan saw the hit when he was doing the show. <laughs> like I said, multitasking, That's baby. That's good. So they are only the White Sox after the first inning are one hit away from tying the Cubs total today of, of <laughs> two hits. a lot. <laughs> so just try to put things in perspective there for you, oh, Joey. God. But, hey, the, the, the Cubs are the ones who put up put up three runs. So if the White Sox want to best them in that category too, then they're going to have to put up four or you know, have to put up a couple crooked numbers to best the Cubs in what's the second most important category runs, the first obviously being the W, which hopefully they could put a one in the W column as well. But baseball's back. Woo-hoo! So we – we have to promise each other next show we will 100% go over the old memorabilia that's in the closet. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I, I have like an item or two in mind. I'm like, you know what? No, we're, we're just going to wait until it's opening day. So that, that's a that's a reasonable enough scratch and push up. But that still has see, to be the show. See, I looked a little bit last weekend when I went to my parents' house. I'm like, I can find stuff. Here's the problem now. My parents are are, are 
out of town this weekend. You know, those those, those double-vaxxed boomers, they can go anywhere they want. <laughs> so, so my parents are going out of town for the first time in like two years, whatever it's been, or a year. So I can go to the house alone. But I, I'm scared what I will find if I actually dig into the sports hoarding <laughs> closet that is still existent in my old room. I'm very nervous. Give it a go. I don't care. Go. Give it a go. Find at least three or four items. I, I know there's there's plenty of stuff. I actually, once again, have to go digging, digging if I really want to find just some stuff that's like, what is this? But um, I'm not, there's actually a buddy of mine. I know for sure if he went digging, he'd probably find a um, – what is it? I mean, there's a couple good ones if you're doing the White Sox, but one of I know his one of his like treasured pieces is like the Manny Ramirez White Sox jersey because there's so many of those goofy ones. Yeah, that's cool. The Manny Ramirez, the Ken Griffey, you get the Ken Griffey. So hey, if if you had an Anamitan, which I don't know why you would an Anamitan White Sox one, you can put it on tonight and still you know be in the groove. Is you know he's he's in the White Sox starting lineup today, but yeah, Giolito on the bump now and. Uh, I'll be watching Joey, and hopefully he puts on a Cy Young-esque performance. I'm all in for that. Giolito for president, Giolito for Cy Young. New presidency in four years, so 2024 might get there. But anyways, we're going to go on ahead and turn our attention to that next week after Joey goes, which we'll have plenty of time to raid the house because the parents are out, and you find all the crazy old Cubs jerseys. We'll go on ahead and we'll bring that to the podcast as well and a mixture of whatever the heck else breaks hey if if the pattern continues then you're listening to the show the same day some crazy ass chicago news is going to break as we did as we did last week but until then he's joey gelman you can find on twitter at joey gelman myself on the tweet machine at tweet dan collins and this fine lovely show at believe in chicago as always we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.